Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Queerdom. Ooh. We've been gone for a while. So we're back in the um, studio, just chilling like villains and ready to party hardy. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is over. It is over. Far and gone. Oh, man. So we were both on a break. Um, Not like from each other because we're not like... A duo. A pair. Well, we're a duo here, but yeah. not like partners. Also, we're on good terms, so we don't need a break. <laughs> no. But we were on like a, we had our own little vacation break. Um, so did you do anything fun over the break? Did you have a, have a, have a, do you have a good story? Yeah, I didn't have fun. I mean, I got my wisdom teeth out, all four of them. So I'm marginally less wise now. Mm. Um, but I do have a story from post wisdom teeth so it's a, it's a dual dual part story so first of all i told my brother to veil me after i got out of surgery like when i was like all loopy but i like asked him a few days later i was like where are the videos and he was like well i stopped recording you because you're just sad like you're just crying and i was like why was i crying and he was like well you woke up and you said i miss obama <laughs> and i was like oh no and then I was, like, crying about Hillary, <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's not surprising, but it's also just, like, very characteristic of me, I guess. Mm. It was hitting and you then, in your core. Yeah. And then the other funny part was I was sitting in the library with my friend Lauren, and I was like, oh, I wish you would have gotten to talk to me after I got out of surgery, and she was like, wait, you FaceTimed me. And I was like, what? Uh, and I was like, what did I say? She was like, well, you kind of cussed a lot. And I was like, what? And so then I tweeted and I was like, I have gotten intel that I FaceTimed a lot of individuals when I got out of surgery. And um, I just want to apologize in advance. Oh. And then a bunch of people that I didn't, I don't remember FaceTiming at all tweeted at me and they were like, it was interesting. Like, I FaceTime a professor, but they didn't pick up. Well, that's good. You don't know what you could have been doing. So that's You could have my... been on toilet FaceTime, and you just never know. Ew, God. But, like, yeah. Oof. I'm just glad that's over. Yeah, I think I think well, I was only one time that I was, like, that ever happened to me where I had my tonsils taken out, and nobody recorded me because they didn't care to. My family don't like me. <laughs> just kidding. But... I guess that I looked at the nurse after I woke up and they're like, do you want a popsicle? And I dislike popsicles completely. Same. I hate them. And I look at her and I said, I fucking hate popsicles. And my mom goes, Seth, don't curse. And I go, I just cursed. (laughs) So, but that was when I was, I think in high school when I had my tonsils taken out. But, that sounds like interesting, and that's that's like a, a mystery in of itself. Trying to like retrace your steps I back know. and be like, oh no, because I have my phone what set. Happened? My phone erases phone calls after a week, like phone oh. history. Look at you trying to be secretive, girl. No. Just play it. I'm like, <laughs> true, but I mean, I do have like eighty unread text messages, so <laughs> there's that. Um, wait, let's see how many text messages I have. 80. Yeah. Yep. 80. Um, but so I couldn't go through and look at the record of who I FaceTimed, but mm. 
Anyways, what's your story? I didn't do much over the break. All I did was just kind of chill and watch TV shows that I haven't watched in a while. So I watched Riverdale. Mm, love that show. It's so pleasurably annoying. <laughs> but then I certainly hate watching shows. And I didn't mean to get into this funk, but I started hate watching Girls on HBO. It's just this season is bad. Yeah. I, I it's just not good whatsoever. There's no character development. And I keep watching like the after shows of people who created the show talking about it and they're like, This this is how they developed and I'm like I'm I'm thinking this is as the viewer that has been watching every single season, every single episode, I'm just not seeing it. <laughs> and then I started wa- hate watching this other show called Love and I liked I watched the first season, it's on Netflix. And it's by Judd Apatow. And maybe I just shouldn't watch things by Judd Apatow because Judd Apatow helps with the production of Girls. And... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I started watching Love Season 2 and it's just the same thing over and over again. And I was looking at critics to see what they were writing about it. And people thought it was brilliant and amazing and it's this sort of play on a rom-com and it sort of is and it kind of like takes the rom-com story and and messes it up but it just it's this it just feels the same as the first season and has the same problems as the first season it doesn't feel like anybody is developing character wise and just makes me frustrated and it's this one character who's this nice guy that continues to pretend like be a nice guy and sort of expects certain things to happen. And it blows my mind that we keep writing these stories about how the nice guy should get the girl or the nice guy should do stuff and, and get things in, in reward. But you know what? Sometimes being nice is one, boring, two, frustrating, and three, doesn't actually mean you're nice. It. Yeah, for sure. So sometimes being nice is like being like brutally honest or complacent and lethargic. Like it, you, yeah. want, you want characters to be complacent. And lethargic? No, I don't want compa- characters. The uh... nice guy is sort of complacent and lethargic. And because you're nice, you just expect things to happen for you. Yeah. For and, sure. and then when you say something or do something and somebody confronts you about your behavior, you get angry and frustrated and, and think that they're on the attack. Or you just, like, rescind and don't do anything about it. And just, I don't know. I, I really, I keep hate-watching this show, and I have a couple episodes left of this of the second season of Love, and I don't know why I keep returning back to it. I don't know. It makes sense. That's how I, how I watch it, watched Gossip Girl. Like, I, like, it was just, like, this is so dumb. But, like, I don't know. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. Right. Tired there. Whoops, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I just, I don't know, just been hate-watching things, and I just want better content. And there is great content. I just need to find it again. So, not really that worried. But there's a new show that Julie Andrews has on Netflix that I really want to watch. It's called Julie's Green Room or something. Oh. And it's about storytelling and acting and singing, and it just looks so cute. And Sarah Brella sings the theme song, and it's with Jim Henson puppets and it's funky and adorable, and there's wow. one puppet that's in a wheelchair, and it's so cool. Like it looks, it looks magnificent. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. 
and geeked. So we've got a little game for you all, and oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna play it today. And it's called and this game is commonly played as icebreakers for different things, but we're gonna play the three things in your bag. And essentially, we're gonna pull out three things. Three things. Only three so we're gonna, things. Yeah, only three things. What about four things? It's overdoing it. Okay. So three things in our bag, <laughs> and I say bag because I'm from Wisconsin. It's the right way to say it because bag, bag, you would say bag. bagel and bag. not bagel. So bag, bag. it's bag. <laughs> That's I'm not a bird. <laughs> um, but so we're gonna pull out three things and we're gonna describe them and say why we have them in our bag. Okay. So we're gonna rifle through our own bags. Anything interesting. That's lies. Everything's interesting in your bag. <laughs> oh, we're just <laughs> finding all of the messes. I have my passport. Is that interesting? No, everybody has a passport, JK. Not everybody has a passport because it's expensive. Okay, I've got my three things. Actually, this is going to be one of my things. It's not inappropriate. No. All right. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Are you allowed to have pocket knives on campus? I think so. Okay. Well, I don't want to use that as my item if it were not allowed because I don't have a pocket knife if we're not allowed. I'm not looking. You can't tell me. I'm supposed to like not realize oh, what it is. Oh, shoot. I don't, I'm bad at this game. You know, I really didn't explain the rules either, so... Hold on. Hold on. We're not under a timer of any sort. <laughs> it's boring. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be a dork. Just choose three things. Bananas. Oh, dear. Okay. You ready? It's got stuff on it. Dang it. I've got two things now. Cool. Three. Got him. All right, cool. So we'll go back and forth. I'll start. So the first thing that I picked out of my bag is this binder clip that I got from Target. And it's real <laughs> cute. It's gold, and it's got this polka dot pattern on it. Um, but I use it as a clip to put all of these business cards that I've gained from people. Oh, that's funny. In case, like, I ever needed to contact them. Plus, like, the clip is unique enough where... I know exactly like what that signifies, mm -hmm. and so I keep it in my bag because in case I ever am like, oh, like I really could contact this person, or um, and my goal really out of this whole paperclip thing was to put all these business cards together, sit down and email these people and say, hey, it was really nice to meet you. Have I done that? No. So you know, I fail my own goals. <laughs> Great. Um, this is one one of my. One of my objects you can hear right now. Ow! Frick! <laughs> <laughs> that was a context clue. It's a bag of 200 buttons that I'm currently trying to sell. And it's a, it's a grocery bag, and sometimes the buttons aren't latched, and so there's, like, needles sticking out of the bag. Mm -mm. Ow. That, oh, God. Okay. Um, your turn. My next one is this nasal spray. <laughs> <laughs> so... As I've gotten older, I have become more um, 
allergenic. Aller- yeah, I, I've become more susceptible to seasonal allergies. And so since it is the spring <laughs> equinox, um, all the of... It's the first day of spring. It is the first day of spring, so it's the spring equinox. Yeah. Did uh, you know oh. that the spring and the fall are equinoxes, but the summer and the winter are solstices? Solstice? I wonder why. You know, Greeks. Oh, yeah. Probably. I don't know. I have no idea. Did you know, you know how, like, October, November, October, December, <laughs> October, November, December? Yes. They're, like, 8, 9, 10. Do you, and then the reason that that, those are numbers were the, that is because they used to be three months before, but then they put June, July, and August for, like, the rulers. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think, or maybe just July and August. Because of Augustus and oh, okay. Julius Caesar. Hmm. Wait, is is December 10th? It's two off, so they put in July and August. Got it. That was a long explanation. Sorry. So I have this nasal spray and um, realized, so I got this a couple of months ago because my doctor was like, my eyes were itching and I couldn't figure out like why I was having eye issues and the doctor was like, you're having allergy problems. Uh. And it's because my apartment's so warm that it like, produces helps like produce all this dust and that kind of stuff so oh, when i'm sleeping yeah. it's just not working but um i don't take it anymore as frequent as i should but i usually take it if i know that the day the next i usually take the night before if mm. the next day is going to be a high temperature where pollen is going to be released in the air mm. so i've got this nasal spray it is honestly jesus and a nasal spray thank you and it's the same freaking thing that you can get off the counter, and I got it as a prescription. I was real disappointed. Okay, my next item is a notebook that is Lego themed. There's like a Lego, there's a, a piece of Lego stuck to the outside, and it's where I write everything. Like, I think most of this podcast has been planned in this notebook. I think I'm gonna flip to a random page and read some stuff. Hold on. I'm finding Flaster. 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 <laughs> Can't speak. A lot today. of it, most of it's to do lists, which is boring, but. I'm going to choose this page. Art functions to color in the space. No, that's boring. Hmm. Yeah, all of this is boring. This is just to do lists and names. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's my notebook. Not very interesting. All right, my third thing is this thing that I got at Forever 21. I was waiting in the line to purchase this jacket, and I saw this in, like, a box, and it is a pencil. Well, it's actually a makeup pouch, but it's an iridescent makeup pouch, but I put it, made it a pencil pouch because I was realizing that all the pens and the pencils that I have in my bag are jostling around everywhere, even if I put them in the pocket that's in my bag. Yeah. So I bought this pencil pouch slash makeup pens? pouch. Can and I um I just took that from you, I'm sorry. It's and just, it's like shiny. It's beautiful. It's it's beautifully it. iridescent and they got me because it was in those like it's supposed to be like those quick grab boxes and or bins right before the register mm-hmm. and totally grabbed me up. One of his pens has my last name on it. It's not produced by you, though. Schneider. You ain't that cool. Not true. <laughs> you only have, like, five pens. Yeah, I usually only carry that's, one that's highlighter, sweet. one pen, and then one pencil. That's cool. 
So if I... you ever like sift through all of the bags that I have, it's usually a highlighter, a pen, and a pencil in there. That's so organized. I just ask the person next to me for a pen. You always ask me for pens. Yep, I do. And then you tell me I'm probably not gonna give it back. And then like that's fine. I never I always <laughs> jack pens from people. Well, What's your third thing? My third thing is my favorite bra. <laughs> yeah. It's like a bralette. It's like it's like maroon colored. And it's in my bag because I went to work out and I changed. And then that's why it's in my bag. So those are our three things. You got to learn a little bit about us. We're so cool. We're social influencers. JK, we're not. Um, <laughs> but... Um, th- that's our little game. So, what's in your bag? And we chose three items. We might do the game again. Um, we might do our other game of what the fake. Um, or just Stay have some tuned. other funs. So. Stay tuned. Next episode, I'm actually going to just stab myself with a button. I don't think that's okay. Like, that's <laughs> not entertaining for what if me. We had, what if we had, like, a YouTube? And then it was... Never mind. I'm no, done. I feel like that would, that's like that synth- synthesization <laughs> or whatever, where people listen to those noises and just Ew. like calm down. Where <laughs> people are just gonna like watch you prick yourself. Yikes. Okay, so. <laughs> got an what interesting we got next? episode. Well, so we are gonna do a little bit of recon- reconnaissance this weekend or this week. And um, we both have a couple trans friends, non binary friends that. Uh, we want to interview briefly about their thoughts about what's going on in current events and like um, how the legislation we've seen from SCOTUS and POTUS and just from like um, the government in general, um, how the that stuff is affecting trans people on a personal level. Yep. Um, because I think that's one of the, the best ways to understand why these issues are important. It's like to hear these lived experiences and yeah. to understand that these actions and these these regulations, these policies, truly do affect the livelihood and the existence of people, and specifically trans people and non-binary people. Yeah. As far as like our podcast staff goes, I'm like I identify as a cis woman, and Seth identify I, as non-binary. Yeah, or so, I identify really as gender queer. So let's get that real. So, and would you say that you identify as trans? No. Okay. I don't. Um, I, yeah, I would just say that I'm genderqueer and the way that I, I like to queerify gender and I like to do it through my clothing and through my mannerisms and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I would not consider myself as trans, no. Okay. And, and I knew that outside of this but i was just asking for podcast sake so like we can uh it kind of explain why we're gonna have some snippets of interviews yeah and to kind of lead off before the interviews we're going to talk about what our sort of thoughts are on this um on some of the the policies and procedures that have been passed or um have been just sort of dismissed generally that's what what's been happening um and the first thing that we want to lead off with is the letter to the colleague that came around last May that was specifically for including trans people into Title IX and making more explicit that trans folk are, um, are under, title, under the protection of Title IX. So 
what are your thoughts about like that when that came out, uh, Hannah? Like, did you did you know about it? Did you? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about it. Um, I think it's in really interesting to me how Title IX has become this sort of like epicenter of like um, legislative equality. Like Title IX is related to sexual assault stuff. It's related to like it originally started out as just like applying to like students in schools for sports yes right? exactly that's from so, my understanding yeah that's so interesting that like in the way that our government and like legislature works it's like i don't know it's just like it's kind of cool how like it functions in such like a complicated way it's also problematic that it functions that way but um yeah i'm glad that it was put out but it's also scary to see what trump is doing already to kind of roll back on things that obama has done yeah and i thought that when i when i first saw the letter to the colleague which is called um it's just called dear colleague letter on transgender students and you can actually look it up for those that are listening it's available online as a pdf um i know i've personally printed it out and like stapled it onto my wall in my office so that people understand that I'm still abiding by this old um, letter to the colleague and it's just it's incredible how it reads and it's very simple but it, and I'm, I'm gonna read the first paragraph of it but it says schools are schools across the country strive to create and sustain inclusive, supportive, safe, and non-discriminatory communities for all students. In recent years, we have received an increasing number of questions from parents, teachers, principals, and superintendents about civil rights protections for transgender students. The Title IX of the Education Amendment of 1972 and its implementing regulations prohibit sex discrimination in education programs and activities operated operated by recipients of federal financial assistance. So this is basically all public schools. Uh, this prohibit this prohibition encompasses discrimination based on a student's gender identity, including discrimination based on a student's transgender status. This letter su- summarizes a school's Title IX obligations regarding transgender students and explains how the U.S. Department of Education and the U.S. Department of Justice evaluate a school's compliance with these obligations. And then it goes on to like talk about like specific terminology. So what does gender identity mean? What does sex assigned at birth? What does transgender mean? What does gender transition mean? And it also talks about intersex and... Um, how to establish certain things when it comes to being more conscientious and inclusive around trans individuals and trans experiences. So looking at safe and non-discriminatory environment, identification documents, names and pronouns, sex-segregated activities and facilities. And that even includes restrooms and locker rooms, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. And it also includes athletics and single-sex single schools and social fraternities and sororities, housing and overnight accommodations. So um, it even hits the gamut of higher education. So, like, I thought that when this came out, it was, it was, I, it was beautiful. I was blown away by the work and the dedication and the, the, the shift in knowledge that was. That, that allowed this document to be created. And then all of a sudden in, in the new Trump administration, it was removed by a new letter to the colleague. Is and it completely just abolished? Abolished. Gone. <gasps> yep. So 
schools can sort of do what they want to do now. And I know that there's a lot of schools who have come out, a lot of schools of higher education, so a lot of universities and colleges that are saying, we're still going to abide by this. We've still done a lot of great work to um, to support this letter to the colleague, and we're going to still work at it. And, and this is going to be, this is going to be, and this has been a common thing that's been happening with a lot of legislation that's been passed or um or executive orders where universities are saying, no, we're not going to follow this. We're going to do what we want to do so we can mm-hmm. keep an inclusive and safe and secure environment for all students that are here. Um, and so an organization that I belong to, it's a national organization, the president continuously has put out letters of support towards trans students, staff and faculty and colleagues to say, you're still with, like, we're still with you and we're still going to be by your side and we're still going to advocate for your needs and your lived experiences. Um, I just thought that it was such a beautiful thing and, and that, that, they kept coming out with letters of support and letters of of information and, and how the national organization is going to proceed with these regulations and these these um these executive orders and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. I'm so, I like you spoke on a lot of th- thoughts that I had about it, but it's just wild to me how easily things can just be dis- rolled back on. Um. You said how things are going to be like rolled back and and just like, do you think that they're going to continue? Do you think that it's just going to stay at that level? Like it gets rolled back and then it's just going to stay there? Or what are your thoughts? Well, and so like I'm not a trans person and so I can't speak to how this affects me personally, but... It's funny to me that the only time that the government seems to care about the safety of women is, like, when it fits their, like, bigoted agenda. So it's like, oh, we want to protect women and children because we don't want trans people in bathrooms. And, like, that's that's the rhetoric within, like, North Carolina, like, outside of just this letter. Like, that's the rhetoric. And it's like... No, if you really cared about women, you would be listening to the women who, like, want abortion uh, access and they want funding to Planned Parenthood to get cancer screens. Like, if you really cared about that stuff, you wouldn't be cutting welfare programs for people because some of those people are women. It's, like, it's such a joke, like, when these people make discriminatory policy with with the farce or, like, the the um, public image of like well this is for the betterment of society like that's the same that's the same thing that Hitler said about like um, people like that are Jewish like he was like did it like that that's how re- like how really bad stuff starts is mm-hmm. these small things right and I think I, and I want people who are in higher positions and who are in administrative positions to continue to say, no, this is not how we're going to act. And one component that could have easily, or one large overarching thing that could have done it was SCOTUS. So the Supreme Court, especially with Gavin, Gavin Grimm's case, and, and they just dismissed it. And they what? said, it's going to a lower court. Yeah. 
Did you not know that? No, I knew about it, but I didn't know the severity of it. Yeah. And, like, it could have been an altering case where the Supreme Court could have easily ruled in favor of Gavin and then it would have um, sort of gone against the rescinding of the letter to the colleague on trans students. And it just really frustrates me that those who have that power, who have that authority, didn't decided to, to put it towards a lower court. And it just frustrates me. It makes me irritated. And uh, I'll be honest, it makes me angry. Yeah. Hmm. It's also just like, it's interesting to see the sort of response from people. Like it's, it's really interesting to see people getting mad about the NEA right now. Mm-hmm. When they're not getting mad about, like, the stuff that's putting people's lives in danger. Like, I am a creative person. Like, I'm an artist. Like, I'm a writer. I care about a lot about the NEA. But if, like, you're only just now speaking out against, the, like, this kind of thing because the thing that you're interested in is going to be affected, that's part of the problem. For sure. And I think some people just don't. I think in that same vein, people weren't expecting this to happen in certain spaces and places. And I think people were like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. Like, it's just the the person, a.k.a. Trump, um, is just blowing off steam. But people really need to understand and realize that the things that he said in his speeches um, before the election, uh, the things that he's continuing to say as he is president it's only going to get more real. And is it going to get worse? I have no idea. Do I expect it to get worse? Mm, yes. But we need to continue to not fall back on the, oh my gosh, I, I didn't think that it was going to happen or fall back on this notion of this. We I thought this never could happen. You know, it, it's happened in the past. It doesn't mean that it can't happen again today. Yeah. So. Um, in reference to that, like, Trump is just not behaving like a president. Like, he, I don't know if you knew this, but he re-enrolled in election of 2020, like, the day after he was inaugurated. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, no no president does that. Mm-mm. That's, like, such weird behavior. And did you know that that has, like, implications for, like, nonprofits? Mm-hmm. Like, you, for listeners that don't know it's like you can say whatever you want about a president as a nonprofit in most circumstances like you can speak out against them but you can't show that you're campaigning or campaigning against a presidential candidate so trump has like re-enrolled in the new the 20 election of 2020. Yeah. And so that means that a lot of nonprofits are met with the, the, the fact that like technically they really can't complain about things that he's doing because he's a candidate. So that would be considered, uh, campaigning, um, which I think is like a very oh. like weird silencing tactic. It's really, and it's kind of complex and, and I don't know, not even counterintuitive, but I, I can't think of a word right now. Um, so, and then the other thing that I wanted to bring up was, is like that this Gavin Grimm case, 
um, that could have easily been worked through. And I'm, I'm saying easily because, and, and some people might say, no, Seth, like this, like SCOTUS thinks these things, they process these things, but I'm frustrated. And I think, well, actually, and like, it, I'm not saying that it's easy to go through a case in SCOTUS because there's so much that's has gone through them and it takes time and it takes energy and it takes money. Um, but they could have ruled on something and been, been this piece of change in a time where people are feeling incredibly vulnerable, incredibly taxed, incredibly exhausted. Yeah. Can I, can I jump in here for a second? So I actually think that like, maybe they were doing something strategic. So it's like, if they ended up hearing this case and they made a ruling that didn't fall in the more um, inclusive uh, liberal or left um, philosophy and they made a ruling that actually fell in the like conservative ideology, that would be it. Like there would be no more gray. Like it would be like, OK, well, this is complete law. Like it would be just like how not just like it, but it's like when uh well, Marriage Equality Act was passed. It was like, this is law now. This is the law and that's of the what, land. That's what SCOTUS is supposed to do. That's their rulings. It is always law. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like, what if they didn't hear it in part because, like, they're, like that sort of, like, law, like, black and white sort of ruling, a, like, maybe we're not ready for it as, like, a as like a legislature because what i think is like since everything is so conservative right now if the court had heard it and let's say let's say they made they ruled for it yeah they, wait what was the it was um to allow one to enter into bathrooms based upon your gender your gender identity okay let's say that they um ruled that it's legal just the law of the land I think that our cult- current culture right now wouldn't have been accepted to that. And I think it would have put people at danger. And then second, I think that if they had ruled against it, like if they had ruled like, nope, that's not legal. I think that also would be really dangerous. Because for we are so paralleled right now. Yeah, because like that would, I feel like that would be a catalyst for a lot of other stuff. So I don't think that it's good that they just won't hear it. Not paralleled, we're so divided. That's what I meant. Yeah, I just, I don't think it's good that they dismissed it, but I do think that there might be an alternative, ulterior motive of, like, hmm. not wanting to make this black-right ruling on something that's so contentious because it might pe- make people less safe. And might make them more visible. Because hmm. it's, like, and I'm mostly thinking in the case of, like, if they ru- ruled against it, if yeah. they made it, if they made it completely illegal, like, that would give Trump governors congressmen like just complete freedom and an excuse to just like really hammer against and schools hammer against the concept of being trans got it i wonder if that's their thought process i wonder i hope it is but again i just don't feel like it is yeah and it's not that i've lost hope in scotus because i haven't but i just feel that they could have done something transformative um that wasn't a pun (laughs) (laughs) but i think that like somebody i was listening to uh interview by um by laverne cox and she was on msnbc and i think this was actually during the cpac conference 
Um, and it was, I, I think the interview happened on February 23rd of what I wrote down. And she was talking about how that these rulings that are happening in uh, North Carolina and elsewhere um, in the United States around bathrooms and allowing trans people and allowing oneself to go into the bathroom that that um, aligns with your gender identity. Um, she talked about a quote that she pulled from her friend, um, Chase, I think it's Chase Strango um, from ACLU. And she, she said that Chase uses this phrase is that, that these laws and these regulations and these policies that people are trying to pass against trans people is, um, is about allowing trans people to exist in public spaces. And I thought that that was such a beautiful quote. And she said, it's about existing in public space. And I think that Hmm. is so important to realize. And it kind of gives me goosebumps because that is, that is exactly what it is, is that public, it's all about public bathrooms. And, and when you look at that and you extend that to, to just being in public, these laws and these regulations that are being passed to, to, they're essentially limiting the existence and limiting the ability for trans people to walk safety, safely and securely. Sorry, that was ableist language. To traverse safely and securely in public spaces, without harm and and concern for their well-being. Well, yeah, and, like, that makes me think of, like, a meme that I saw, or not a meme, but, like, a photo that I saw circulating, and it was, like, a quote from someone, I don't know who it was, and they said, um, it was never, it was never about, it was never just drinking fountains, like, it's not just bathrooms. Yep. And so it's, like, that's really, that's really the heart of it, I think. No, and I think people are getting fixated on these spaces and that it's like it's bathroom it's bathroom it's bathroom but in reality you're right hannah it's about something larger and much more uh interconnected and interwoven um yeah and it's about existing and it's about existing authentically and i would even say beautifully like and that's so frustrating that that people are trying to not allow that to happen and to like erase people from the fabric of our society. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and on that note, I I, I want to bring up like a really great video to watch um, about trans and and bathrooms. Is this <laughs> the one of, that I shared on Facebook? It might have been. Woman? No, maybe it was, but there is a a, a great media or content creation uh, content creator. Um, his name's Dylan Marin, and he I think works with Seriously TV. And if you look him up on Facebook or um, just Google Seriously TV, um, Dylan Marin creates a couple of uh, of videos, and one of them is uh, shutting down bullshit. And he interviews different people around different social justice topics. And then he also does one where it's like unpacking these boxes and they're really funny. And a lot of the 
education is done with humor. And then Dylan also does a, a video called Sitting in Bathrooms with Trans People. And it's beautifully hysterical because they don't talk about bathrooms. They talk about other things. They talk about their life, That's their funny. education, their makeup, their self-care routines. It's so it's so brilliant. It's, it's so poignant. I I actually remember Dylan Marin though. I have a thing to add. Yeah. Um or just like not a thing. Like a critique of him. He um is he cis? I think so, but I don't know. I'm gonna look that up really quick. You can keep talking. But I just think that if like for those that are listening, definitely check out the um, Dylan Marin and um, check out the specific series, Sitting in Bathrooms with Trans People, because like I was saying, it's it's smart, it's witty, it's creative, and it just brings to light that again, like as Hannah was talking about, and I and I reiterated that it's not just it's not about bathrooms it's simply about allowing trans people and non-binary people to exist in society without harm and and destruction to self yeah so well we only have 10 minutes of recording time left so should we <laughs> 10 minutes it's like we're on like a uh it's like the end of the world's no, no, coming no. in 10 Wait, minutes it's, it's 7 15. Oh. We're, we don't have a room. We have the room till 8. Oh, my gosh. We we're to, almost done. We have to pass the throne. Oh, gosh. Um, So we're on to our last segment. That's not a real I thing. I do want to say, though, like, I really appreciate your thoughts on that because trans topics are not something I feel like I develop nuanced. I mean, I develop nuanced opinions around the legislation, but I feel... Like, as a cis person, I should just take a seat and listen. So I really appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. And I think that, like, you bring up a point where somebody, I was doing a a topic about gender violence uh, in one of my classes, my grad classes last year, and we, I purposefully decided to incorporate trans lives into this presentation that I was doing. And my presentation partner was like, oh, this is really great. Like, I didn't think about this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, made me a little angry. I was like, why aren't you thinking about this? And I was like, it's because you don't have to think about this. Yeah. And so, and it's not that I have to think about this, but I do, and I purposely think about it because I'm, I'm one of my goals in life is to create inclusive and safe spaces for all to exist in. And I know that's a big theme to kind of try to, to work with, but... I left, I got done presenting and one of my peers came up to me and they're like, Seth, you're so smart. And I was like, well, what do you mean I'm so smart? And they're like, you just know so much about trans, like lived experiences. And I said, that's because I just educate myself on it. I simply watch documentaries. I read information to make sure that I'm up to date. I um, critically and uh, analyze information. And then I also look at how certain things that we're doing in the way that are our simple actions of day to day are allowing people to exist or not to exist. So, um, but with that note, uh, thanks Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we're on to our last segment, as we said before, it's giving the throne. So Hannah, do you want to lead off? Yes. Who are you giving the throne to? What are you giving the throne to? I've got to figure it out. And point one second i'm just kidding i know what it is um okay so i want to pass the 
the throne, give the throne to. <laughs> <laughs> this is a running joke. It's become a running joke. Okay. I want to um, give the throne to just my friends. I don't know. I, that's really vague, but a lot of them listen to this. <laughs> a lot of them listen to this podcast. A lot of my friends listen to the podcast. Not all of them, but, um, like, I don't know. I just feel so, like, supported. Life is so crazy, but I just have a really good time with with the people that are in my life. That's really big, but that's who I want to pass the tour to. That's sweet. That's sweet. I just, that's had, cool. a, I just had a great weekend with, like, socializing. <laughs> oh, God. I would give my throne to Rain. Like, oh my God! Same. I so I had this theory about Rain that it's important and it's and it's good for one's health, and it's not really a theory; it's a, just kind of a thought. But I there's a song called um, "Let It Rain" um, by Sarah Bareilles, and it's one of my all-time favorite songs. I play it when I'm mopey. I play it when I'm a little down in the dumps, and it really brings to life and, and it reminds me that like rain is rain can be incredibly powerful and it can push away all the dirt and all the mud and all the grunge to allow things to grow and then in turn that water can seep into the ground and allow things to blossom and i've always loved being a spring baby that mm. i'm born What's in may oh. um and so april showers bring may flowers and so i've always kind of like held that very close to my heart and that like I am a flower baby and <laughs> and like it just it just sits sits with me and I and I love rain and I love when rain pours and I mean it thunders and it cracks and it and it shivers in your in your spine and and the drops are so heavy that it drenches your thigh so quickly and even like and you're walking and you fear feel your calves give, getting wet like I love rain and I love thunder rain it's it just it fills my cavities of my body with just greatness so it just feels <laughs> um, good yeah this morning I slept with my like window kind of open last night so this oh morning I just like woke, up, woke up and it was raining I was like oh I love this I love this mm. and the so smell great. of rain and the smell of thunder Do hitting you know air word? where it, like it breaks the air particles and it allows that that's what the fresh air smell did you know that yeah. Did you know what the the smell after rain is? Do you know what the word is? No. It's petrichor. Petrichor. Yeah. Is it like normcore, like that fashion? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like P E T R I C H O R. Oh gosh. Should that is that our ending note? Petrichor. Petrichor. This as this episode was, was brought, brought to you by. by Petrichor. That sounds like a drug. It <laughs> sounds like a like a pharmaceutical drug. <laughs> All right, so we need to do some homework. Yeah, we do. Um, So this podcast was written and produced by Hannah Schneider. And Seth Kemper. And we had some assistance from... Uh, Henry Tegeler. Wonderful. So you can find uh, the podcast on on SoundCloud and iTunes as well as Google Play. So subscribe to us there so you can get updates about when we post our podcasts. And then if you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast on Facebook at Queerdom and then on Twitter at underscore Queerdom. You can find us, ourselves, our own individual accounts 
Um, you can find Hannah on Twitter at um, at Amazing Spider Hand, which is A M A Z I N Spider Hand, and then on Instagram it's Amazing Spider Hand. But that's just because of the length of the handles on the sites are different. Twitter. Yeah. Um, and then you can find Seth on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Seth Kempfer, Woo! which is S E T H K A E M P F E R. Yeah, and then we just want to add that if you have been listening to all like all the episodes so far, you should give us a shout out and um, suggest some things that you want to hear us talk about. We For sure. Really want to interact with our followers. Um, we have social media um, for a reason, and so it would be great to hear from anyone. And we just hit over 300 listens, so that's pretty dope. Yeah. Dope. Dope. That's so cool. So, well, I guess it's time to go. It's time to say goodbye. It's time to hit the road and travel on. Bye. Are you you quoting? I'm literally not quoting. I don't know. I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, God. (laughs) We need to go. We need to go home, take some long naps, a.k.a. sleep for the night. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.